little back and forth, just like a little. Yeah. Like just start. We'll start. We'll just start rapping about uh, rapping. the weekend or whatever. Are you gonna Are you gonna start rapping? Please rapping. Do, please do not start rapping. I'll I'll rap right now. I mean, don't don't, don't. I mean, I will put an entire bleed in hip 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 hop. You don't stop the rubber dub da ba ba to jump up to the boogie. First of all, listen, if you're gonna rap, you don't want a seven minute rap song. Good luck with that, because that that full song is is long. And you know, there's only one awesome line in that entire thing, right? Yeah, the jump to the boogie that be. No. No, I forget what the damn. I forget what the line is now. He's talking. Oh, that's oh, terrible. I super sperm. To... When he's talking about like he's gonna hit him up with his super sperm. <laughs> you know who? You know who I like. So I've been. I, I told you I've been watching some. You know, watching YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. One of the things I've been watching a lot of has been like, um, like, old like interviews, um, and one here. of them was. Um, yeah, third base. Know. Remember third base? No. Pop goes the pop goes the pop goes the weasel. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Search and like and I've been listening to a lot of stuff about like old beefs like yeah. Um, oh, do you find like the old like the beefs like movies? You found those? Those are pretty good. Yeah, man. like well, not even those. Just like just like them talking about it. Like I didn't like MC Hammer had like a like a fifty thousand dollar hit out on yeah. on MC Search or something like that. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's like shit was crazy, man. Like those beef like videos, like the DVDs and tapes, whatever that came out. Like I forget what the first one was, um, but I think there was one about fifty. Um, there's the one with like Nas. And you stuff. know, what was like, an interesting one was uh, Ice Cube versus uh, Cypress Hill. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They were going back and forth, and yeah, then was- actually Cypress Hill had a huge beef with um, with Ice Cube. Ice Cube. That's like, what I just said. No, you said Ice T. I meant Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Ice T. Ice Cube. Ice T. They're not all alike, Sean. You racist bastard. What ice? What ice? <laughs> ices aren't all alike. Um. No. Yeah. It was with uh, with Ice Cube and Westside. Uh, yeah, they were friends. They were cool. Yeah. And then, like, Cube stole this like hook, and put it in in Friday in a song yeah. from Friday, and then. It just it got it it kept going on from there, and then they they had some diss tracks, but they they squashed it. But it's just like man, it's like all this stuff that like you don't even know happens. Yeah, listen, Cypress Hill does a dope show. They do a dope show. For I got real, for <laughs> with real. a lot of dope. <laughs> no, listen. Oh yeah, for sure. But no, this is how <laughs> this is how deep it gets. Because I got to hang out stage side. It was. The Dirty Heads, Cypress Hill, and there was another band. I forget who it was. But, man, it was an awesome show. Pepper. So, was it Pepper? No, it wasn't Pepper. Because this was, was out – it was out west out in Boca. Boca. Yeah, it was Pepper. I might have missed it then. I might have yeah, missed was, Pepper. Was, I, I went to the concert. It was Pepper, Cypress Hill, Sublime with Rome, and Dirty Heads. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one. Man, so I was hanging out backstage at that show. I was hanging out with everybody. They knew exactly what was happening at that show because when I tell you, okay, so think of the width of the stage, like the backdrop of the stage, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's two side entrances. Yeah, it's a, it's an for those that don't know, it's an amphitheater. It's an amphitheater. Amphitheater. So that same wall that you see from end to end was covered in pastries. When I'm telling you, like, yeah. 
cakes. Like, I mean, there was like 10 cakes, like miles of donuts, just pastries, just one after the other. Like, listen, if this is not a stoner show, I do not know what is. But wall to wall, man, end to end, it was just table after table after table of pastries and then like beer. <laughs> so it was definitely it was definitely a fun show to hang out backstage on. It was definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, but those beef, I love fights, man. I love those fights between. Yeah. Well, because you start getting deeper into like the whole story and then you start realizing like the song lyrics, like why they said this. Like, listen. 50 Cent can sound kind of corny now, but when he started and he had like the Ja Rule beef, he demolished Ja Rule. He destroyed Ja Rule. Ja Rule disappeared. Yeah. And then when he came back, he destroyed himself with the whole Firefest. Fire Island. Yeah. So stupid. Fire, well, not Fire Island. Firefest. Fire the Fire Festival. Yeah. That, he's an idiot. And he still doesn't want to take responsibility for that. This is how bad 50 trolled Ja Rule. He bought out like the first the front, the front row yeah that like no the first 10 rows he bought the first 10 rows of tickets just so ja rule would come out and there would be nobody in front of him because <laughs> he's got that fu money well he went broke for a little while too but he definitely he made money once he had that that vitamin water deal i think he made like a, a good like 20 million or something crazy like that with the vitamin water deal so he was smart enough to do that but 50 and then the best the second best troll he did <laughs> do you remember the troll when he trolled mayweather <laughs> no. i can't even say it with a straight face he i want to say he said he would give like either a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars to any charity he chose if floyd mayweather could read a page from harry potter <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh my God! I, yeah, like, I remember. I remember that whole thing when when Floyd was was reading a kid's book. Yeah. Well, he couldn't even read. He admitted that he never read any of his contracts. They're like, "What do you mean you never read any of your contracts?" Like, yeah, yeah, I can't read. <laughs> but if you just look up that video of just the, it was, I forget if it was Snapchat, but it must have, it must have been Instagram, whatever, an Instagram video of uh, a fifty calling out Floyd and just doing the whole challenge, like I'll pay you a million dollars if you could read a page from Harry Potter, motherfucker. Uh, it was so good, man. Uh, gonna... You know what? It, here's the thing. What? Here's what we should take away from that. Education isn't necessary if, if you got you talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's listen. There's different ways to get to the top. And like Floyd might screw himself over in the long run, but so far he's doing a great job and he's making a ton of money, man. So we'll see. Now everybody wants that that Connor type fight with him. So who knows? Of course. Be stupid not to make a hundred million in a night. Okay. I'll fight anybody for a hundred million. I'll fight Carol Baskin and a tiger for a hundred million at the same time. I'll fight, I'll fight Carol Baskin's riding a tiger. At, like let's go let's go 100 million you know i still haven't watched that i haven't watched that whole thing yeah in retrospect i wish i didn't but <laughs> i like it's so bad like everyone was so quick to point out like oh free the tiger king free the tiger king and then it's like um, no f that dude he's a he's, he's a super racist shit. man like <laughs> have you well, seen no, he's, just a, he's just an overall piece of shit yeah like you so. heard me no, you, you know me, I don't really like to cuss a lot, but that guy is a true piece of shit. For sure. Listen, I'll cuss for you. I cuss all the time. You've been training? I've been yeah, I've been training. Well, no, I haven't. My my 
piriformis injury is fired up from inactivity. So I've been, they opened up my pool. So I've had two solid weeks of in there, I think another week or two, but I've been doing that and riding my bike. So I've been, I've been like living, I'm a biathlete, living the biathlete life, you know? Uh, well, um, regardless of what athlete life you choose, I support you. Thank you. Um, have you tried that side block or whatever it's called? I, I, I know, but you know what I just bought? I know uh, we'll find out how it is. I bought it from our, I, I hate to buy it from somebody that's uh, one of our sponsors competitors, uh, but Armbar uh, Soap Company just put out a new like CBD formula called yeah. Spider Guard Serum. Mm -hmm. So I bought that to see how it's got, it's supposedly got some, you Get know. it from Jiu-Jitsu Soap. They have one that I, I use. I didn't know I, they had one. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually, my grandma took all uh, all of my CBD uh, like tubs that I have because it was really, really good. I actually, um, like, remember my grandma had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I had her to start taking um, CBD stuff. And then, like, I gave her some of the lotion and, like, man within like she had it for about a year close to a year she was starting like chemo and then like they canceled after like the second or third one because it was about to kill her she started taking it she started putting that on dude within months clear nothing nothing awesome i'm all about cbd but no try that that side block like i don't know i don't know if it'll be something that works for you but i mean i need it i need it just what it is is from the inactivity yeah and then like I actually tried training a couple times and then, you know, the way that your, my hips go, it really stretches it out. And when it's stretched right. out is when it's at its worst. When uh, it's funny, like that first training session that I had at temple, I didn't tell you. Um, I mean that socially distanced whatever. mask wearing. Yeah. Well, session. the, it had been so long since I had done like that, like intense of like a training session other than whatever lifting the logs and stuff here. I got high. I legitimately got high. Dude, I was sat there like after like we we're sitting there training with, uh, who was it training with? With like Nils. I sat there, I was like, I don't remember taking drugs. <laughs> like I'm really high right now like it took me a while that's why I was like being like super slow but like all the endorphins kicked out so hard that I legitimately had that high I was like so when I left afterwards and like I took out the, the outdoor shower oh my god I was like oh <laughs> this feels amazing <laughs> it was the best it was like this is the longest outdoor shower i've taken like someone's getting a free show next door for sure I, I, so you were like on molly oh man i was so out there for like it took like a good hour for me to finally like chill i be like okay i'm back to but it was a blast i'm so glad that we're getting to, to go back to train and Actually, I want to give a shout out to a lot of my teammates. A lot of my teammates got promoted. Gabe got his brown belt. Oh, Gabe got his brown belt. I saw that. Uh, so, Jason got his blue belt. Yeah, man. Gabe, Gabe's been like, you know, now he's been more consistent. Like he had to take uh, like some time off a little bit because of school. He was still training on and off, but obviously he was finishing up school and getting his career and everything going. So like to see him consistent, like, so I rolled with him at Monday, the first day back at Excel. So obviously, like, man, I'm not trying to push my body. I haven't been able to lift or do nothing, right? So, like, second round, it's Gabe. He's like, you want to roll? I was like, yeah, man, I want to take it easy. He's like, I don't. 
<laughs> so like we went pretty easy like considering how we rolled before like when we roll in competition training but man like that kid deserves his brown belt for sure and i i've been i've been training with gabe since he was 16 and I, i've said yeah, the same yeah. uh same thing about him like i told kid everybody back then i'm like when he gets his man muscles yeah everybody's gonna be in trouble <laughs> well, it's not even that man like i think technique wise because of all well, the no, years, that's yeah but like all the years of wrestling but i i honestly like if gabe had the time to train properly and focus on everything and do everything that he needed to do man hands down gabe could be a ibjjf world champ for sure yeah for sure if he, he, if could, he could focus for sure yeah and and that's what i'm saying he had the technique he just back then he didn't have the man muscle to to, yeah. to back it up with with when he's rolling with men yeah. Now, what is he, 24 now or something like that? I think so, 24, 25. Yeah. So, good for so. him, man. Shout out to him. Uh, like, Elias, a bunch of people, Kathy, um, a bunch of people got uh, got promoted over Excel. It sucks I had to miss it. I've just been super busy with work. I trained a little bit last week. Haven't been able to train this week. So, good for them, man. More than happy to them. Um, you know what I watched the other day, dude, that you got to watch? It's fucking hilarious. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I've seen it. Watch Jojo Rabbit. A couple, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, dude, watch it that movie. Enjoyable. It is pretty good, man. I was laughing my ass off. And again, they do a good job with the writing and making it like, you know. The end sucked. Yeah. Like, they definitely do a good job at, at showing the, the whole story and everything and kind of not really separating from the message that they're trying to do. But they do it a really, really comical way. Um we want to remind you guys that don't forget to check us out online. Follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. And you can follow me at Sonder Marketing. But don't forget to follow Jiu Jitsu Radio. Check out jujitsuradio.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, the more subscribes we get, the more support we get from you, uh, the better chance that we can actually start doing this uh, a lot more consistently. And hey, maybe one day we can get paid for this. But for now, we're just doing it for the love. We got love for the game. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our sponsors. Check out chokealoha.com. How sweet is this shirt? Yeah, I had a long time ago. Yeah, so, yeah, I've had this for a while too. And I still love it. You can get yours at chokealoha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order. I mean, I can't do much better for you guys than that. I mean, you, you could buy it for me. You could do better for me, but you can get yours. Chocoloha.com promo code jujitsu radio at checkout and you will get your discount. Don't forget also to check out our homies over at jujitsusubcode.com. You could get 10% off your purchase of whatever's in the store, whatever's in your cart. When you go ahead and put the promo code JJ radio at checkout, you'll get 10% off. You're welcome. Listen, soap is almost as good as gold nowadays because Hand sanitizer is hard to find. If you guys use soap, you'll be safe. <laughs> and if you don't use soap, you better. You better. You need <laughs> to start. start. We need to have a whole different conversation <laughs> that we can't have right now. All right. So get yours, Jujitsu Soap Co. And last but not least, don't forget to check out our homies over at giraffechoke.com. Check out the quality of that stitching, son. This is actually one of my favorite hats. Uh, I actually been rocking my uh, my heel hook hat. Actually, there we go. See, this is. This one has that. How do you like them apples? I actually dig it. I actually wear this uh, every day. Um, get yours, draftjoke.com. Use the promo code JJ Radio and get 25% off 
orders of $99 or more, and you get free shipping. I mean, you're welcome. Times are tough, but you can still go ahead and represent the lifestyle. Go to giraffechoke.com. With that being said, we got a special show for you guys. Um, the person on today's podcast is a friend of mine. I've known her for a few years now. She is someone that I actually uh, reach out to once in a while to try and get some advice or try and kind of just get some 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 coaching just because of the experience that she had. Um, we worked together in karate combat. She was the, the chief marketing uh, officer there. She is now the the chief of marketing at Fight TV. Uh, I, I can't say enough great stuff about her. She's great. She's hilarious. I think if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to enjoy um, the little bit of a joke that we have in our, in our uh, enjoyment of the Star Wars culture. So check it out on YouTube if you can. Uh, with that being said, I'd like to introduce you all to Kim Hurwitz. You can't neither. <laughs> Deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! All right, everybody, listen, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce to you a good friend of mine. She's the chief marketing officer for Fight TV. Kim Hurwitz. Kim, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Alexis. I, I can see you. You're calling us from very far, far away. Uh, yes. How's that working out for you? It's the galaxy, but I, I don't, I hear it's very, about the same on Earth. It's definitely close to Florida Everybody temperatures. It's indoors and talking on screens. Oh, that's awesome. It's hilarious. This is the first thing as soon as it popped up. I, I didn't even like need a second to realize what was going on. So for those of, of the people outside of the industry, can you kind of explain to them what your role is with Fight TV and just uh, even if you want to kind of describe Fight TV as, as you say it? Sure. Uh, Fight is a, a global digital platform like so many these days that are streaming content across the globe and uh, we focus or have been focusing on combat sports in that realm. So boxing, uh, martial arts, wrestling, uh, bare knuckle, MMA, traditional martial arts. Uh, we have been expanding quite a bit recently. Uh, we've been entering the world of motorsports. Uh, we also have done dabbled in football and um, even have music. jousting. Yeah, I, I saw I'm you guys. Sorry? I saw you guys even have jousting on the platform. Jousting, yes. You know, fight F I T E is really more about a competition, I guess. People trying to win or to uh, achieve something or combat each other. So, um, it, it it certainly was born of a fighting spirit, and that continues to be probably our. Are the heart and soul of the company, but um, you know we're kind of broadening it to include other types of sport and entertainment. 
That's awesome. And actually, for a little background, Sean, so you know, too, um, Kim and I worked together uh, with the karate combat events. So we did a couple of the karate combat events, which I, I always thought like were great. So when you told me that that you were Fight TV, I was super stoked because I know at least it's someone with a background and you didn't just come in out of nowhere into like the whole fight world. You're actually not tell me if I'm wrong, because I just found this out. You're actually a first degree black belt in karate and Shotokan karate. Shotokan karate. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I mean, as of recently, I mean, we haven't been able to go to the dojo recently. My kids are also black belts and I, I got into it because really they did. Well, that and I've always been a fan. And I figure if I'm always going to sit on the sidelines, I might as, you know, I'm, I'm watching all this kata and all this sparring. <laughs> I got to be able to do that myself, you know, and watching is part of it. And it actually probably was faster. I've been doing that about 11 years now, though. And um, my daughter and I were actively training for our Nidon belt uh, mm -hmm. that we were hoping to test for, which is the second degree this summer. We got a little waylaid, but um, we'll get there. More time to practice. Exactly, which I wish we did more of, truthfully. Uh, we do kata every once in a while in the backyard. My son is home from college. He's a second degree also. Nice. And um, so sometimes we'll go through and uh, let's do konkadai. Come on, let's go in the backyard. And, um, you know, every once in a while people will hear this huge, oh, <laughs> I'm sure the neighbor's going, what the? You know what, though, that's very, it, it, it's important to, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to be involved in combat, like I, I've always had this whole problem with people involved, especially sports writers that have never, ever played the sport that they're covering. Um, or, or you see these sports writers that, that cover MMA and, you know, they're, they're, you know, sitting in the, in the crowd at the uh, UFC post, post, you know, fight conference. And these people have never been anywhere near a cage, let alone, you know, gotten punched in the face or kicked in the leg or any of that thing. Um, so I, I, and I've always had a little bit of a problem with that. So I, I really love the fact that you at least have not only did you dip your toes into it, but you've, you've immersed yourself in it. And I think it gives something, it gives credibility to the brand. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it gives you a real appreciation, you know, when you're on the receiving end of <laughs> an uppercut or whatever it might be. It, it, and it's funny how the people who don't do it often are the most critical. Mm. And it's maybe because they just don't have the perspective. And I, I think that there are some people can rise above it that have never been involved in any kind of combat. Uh, that can be a great... Uh, you know, someone who can break down the sport and whatever. But, you know, it just seems like most people that uh, excel in broadcasting and, and commentating and even journalism, you, you kind of have to have some, you know, experience with it, it right. to be really, you know, mindful and, and thoughtful. So when, when you read those, those really critical uh, reviews post an event, that you guys hosted or even like ones that you did with like karate combat do you get a little extra soothing like anger where it's like let me give somebody a call real quick 
You know, my fa my late father, I lost him last year. He um, was a journalist for the LA Times um, for most of his career and wrote, you know, books and whatever. So I, I mean, I like journalism a lot and media and I, I have a healthy respect for that. Um, so, you know, and not only that, but prior to this, I was actually a musician. Talk about, you know, looking for, you know, slings and arrows you know yeah. everybody has an opinion and uh and prior to that i was a theater arts major in college so it's you're getting like the comments from everywhere like one thing to another where i can be open to vast criticism Seriously. and and you just you just get toughened up you realize everyone has an opinion and that's okay <laughs> you know? well so not everybody's I, opinion I okay for me or or for the brand that i'm representing if if nothing else maybe i can help it's like look i've been beaten down a lot <laughs> let me help you and, and it's one thing you're right you're right everybody should have an opinion but it's one thing to to use that opinion to attack or to in, in a harmful way or to try to actually help make something better and there's too much toxicity i think from a lot of these people they they're just looking to to yeah get clicks and views and, and things of that nature. So they really, they're really not being, they're really not showing any journalistic integrity as far as covering a lot of this stuff. They just want to get their 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing that doesn't happen in politics. So <laughs> yeah, no, don't start that one. Don't start that one. So, yeah, you know, what? There. But, what? you know, it's the same kind of thing. I think, you know, people have realized if you can get a rise out of someone, yeah. you've maybe got a story, you know, well, it's kind of like, it. you're gonna, if it, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you're looking for, yeah, it's kind of almost like for that controversy. It's, it's that backlash from living with uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Like Sean and I, he yeah. were actually having that. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's that's the conversation sean and i were actually having last week about stuff one thing i always wondered especially after we did that that la show when we had danny trujillo and everybody was like showing up i mean that was like a who's who of like the local martial arts like legends like at that point in time so when you set up everything and then obviously you invite the journalists the reporters and things like that I think that's like an issue that would just happen at the UFC. Like they had to deal with, uh, with contracts and stuff like that. There was the, do you remember what it was called, Sean? It was a non-disparaging clause or something like that. Like, is that something normal that, that these organizations do? Well, I think it depends. Um, you know, speaking of karate combat, I don't want to talk about anything proprietary, but sure. you know, it, it's different. Maybe when you're starting out a league, you, if you can set it up a certain way, and I suppose you can ask people to, um, you know, do non-competes obviously, but also, and keep things confidential and, or I suppose you could throw in all sorts of clauses about ethics um, you know, just like the movie studios do, and uh, you know, on a film or whatever, you're it, you will have ethics clauses or things that yeah. you can say or not say. I think it all comes down to power, and and you know, if the the UFC is is certainly one of the most powerful leagues out there, I would say WWE and some of the other um, leagues that have been around for a few decades um, probably have ironclad contracts with things you can say, can't say. Right. 
Because um, it's funny, like, you're I, right. I think people, it, it you was... know, it's their IP, right? So yeah. they, they want to protect it. So I'm sure there, you know, most leagues and any kind of entity, whether it's film or, or any, you know, tech, uh, it, you want to... You want to control the narrative if you yeah. can. Well, it's funny because like that was actually the thing when leading up to that one. And I was telling Sean, he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I have no clue. <laughs> they won't tell me. Like they wouldn't tell me. Like they, they would, I didn't find out what the venue was until maybe like the, an hour before I had to be there for like the, just like the sound check and the stage check and everything was still being constructed. It's like, man, this is, I know I'm in LA now for sure. <laughs> so, wait, wait, before you, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. I got I got a question I wanted to get with Kim. So I come just a little bit of a background for me. I did professional wrestling for when I was younger. I didn't find jujitsu until I was in my 30s, unfortunately. But um, if I would have, I never probably would have gotten into pro wrestling. But I, you know, you guys have pro wrestling and you have real combat sports on fight tv is there is there a different way that you handle like is there i i guess do you have to treat one differently from the other when you during your process of marketing or whatever or have you is it just you guys just treat them all the same they're all combat sports even though wrestling we don't treat them all the same because um the fans there's a little difference of between the fans um we've done actually we did a state of the industry report um last summer and it has some really interesting um data that we compiled over the at the time three and a half years of existence and uh because we track every single thing that we do um just to to, to be mindful and to learn from it and um you know people who love pro wrestling they have slightly behavioral differences in that um, and maybe it's just the nature of, of the sport in, in that it, there's a storyline that, that follows through almost like a, a, a really good reality TV series mm -hmm. or something. Soap opera. Say and soap so, opera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get really invested in it and um, they tend to be, pro wrestling fans tend to be, um, they they'll buy things even if it's not live like after the event they'll go back they'll want to get the history well how come there's this rivalry and why why is this happening there's a real sense of wanting to see the whole through line and they'll order events earlier so some of them are like tactical differences whereas people who like boxing they kind of wait to the last minute to buy yeah. and after it's live they're a little less interested they don't tend to go, I mean, maybe if you really get, become a big fan of a fighter who becomes huge, you might want to go back and see his older fights or something, but not in the same way that a wrestler will, a wrestling fan. Right, um, right, right. It, the crossover between MMA and um, pro wrestling starting to merge a little bit because you're seeing a lot of crossover. You know, the Ronda Rousey's, the Brock Lesnar's, the people that go back and forth. So, um, but we try to treat every vertical with the, the respect that it deserves. And, you know, I, I would say I know a lot more about MMA than I do pro wrestling. So I'm not necessarily the one who's writing a bunch of stuff about pro wrestling when it comes to uh, lengthy narratives. 
Um, but our social media guy, his forte is pro wrestling. I mean, that's kind of how we found him is that he was one of our super fans. He was always writing us with like, hey, what if we did this? And remember back in 87 when someone was like, what? You know, He's just it's giving like, you the marketing ideas. <laughs> we go, we got to hire this guy. That's awesome. And really, everybody who works in here uh, at the company has some sort of connection to fighting. They're either a fighter themselves or they're just a huge, huge fan. Um, even the CEO of the company is a black belt in Shotokan karate, and he studies Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, you know, he's, you know, really, really into it. Right. And um, Mike Weber, who's our chief operating officer, he and I actually go back like 20 years when I was oh. starting off in cable TV doing pay-per-view stuff back then. He was with WCW and then later on WWF, which became WWE and yeah. TNA Wrestling. And so he has a deep um, wrestling background. So, and, and the guy who runs our fans, Keith, um, he used to work at the UFC. And um, so we're all like, it's a kind of a small industry. I mean, we all kind of knew each other even before I started working here. That's awesome. So you guys were still expanding even through the whole lockdown and like the, the real peak of the pandemic, especially for California, you were still getting content up. And like, like you said, you added uh, motocross to the channel. So you guys have more and more. How challenging has it been to, to really get stuff out there for you guys? Um, you know, we've, We've been so busy. Um, I, I don't think I've worked as hard since I started with the company, which was almost an, a year ago now. And um, I, we were going to have uh, to expand into soccer as well because we had rights to South American World Cup qualifiers um, right. that were going to begin right now. And now that's been pushed uh, until maybe later in the year. Um, but you know, pro wrestling really has not slowed down that much. I mean, yeah. we carried WrestleMania for the first time in early April this year. And, um, and then AEW, we've been there kind of since the beginning. And uh, uh, the event that just happened last week with, with Mike Tyson, see again, yeah. another, you know, boxing entering yeah. wrestling, um, you know, it was, you know, just tremendous. And we did a movie. Um, it was a world premiere, it was not in the U.S., but everywhere outside the U.S. Uh, called Cage Fighter. Uh, mm. And basically that was because of the pandemic, because movie theaters are not allowed to open, at least not in any meaningful large way um, for the U.S. release and I think they kind of went away to see what happens later in the year for their movie release but they thought well it is an action film about MMA and wrestling so um, maybe we'll have fight premiere it and so uh, we had a, a big you know one night only kind of movie yeah. premiere so we're, we're just trying to be agile and and what can we do you know we do have oriental wrestling entertainment owe uh which is a mixture of wrestling and kung fu yeah. um live from cambodia three times a week <laughs> i mean awesome. we do have some different <laughs> events yeah. that are coming through and the motocross just comes because you know uh, our chief operating officer spent a lot of time in motorsports and people got to talking to him saying, Hey, we really want to do, you know, some crazy, uh, motorcycle racing. That's awesome. Said, Sean, were you, gonna, right. Sean, were you well, asking something? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, as far as like, 
I would assume that business has probably gone up during the lockdown. I mean, seeing that there's been a lot of people not having a lot to do, they're probably looking for some kind of entertainment, looking for some kind of, uh, you know, escape from, from their own homes. Yeah. So um, I would, had, was I, am I correct in my assumption? Has business kind of like picked up since the lockdown started? I mean, some of it. I, I think people tend to watch, you know, Tiger King and a lot of TV shows, binge watching and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm no different. I, I'm watching probably more TV than ever. Um, and, and I think people miss sports. We don't have a lot of it, but, you know, what we do, I think we've been maximizing its potential. We, we also carry a lot of free programming on Fight. A lot of shows actually not dissimilar to what we're doing right now. Um, video podcasts. I mean, yeah. you heard the news about Joe Rogan, right? Going to Spotify, 100 million, um, which bargain, I think. Right. Sure. Um, it, and I, I think that people are really excited about video podcasts and, and new shows very much like this. Um, and because it can be live and it can be very relevant and it can cover a, a passionate niche that, that people are you know, into, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and we carry a lot of shows like this. And, and I think viewership has uh, been very solid for these types of shows too. Was, um, and you don't have to give me obviously the specifics just because of NDAs and such, but I'm curious as to how well the WrestleMania did. I mean, I know like the, the history the last couple of years of WWE having issues with like their, their subscription stuff like that. And then, you guys ran WWE at a time when nobody could even sit there and go outside. So I'm kind of curious from your experience, did you see just kind of numbers that, that either blew you away or didn't surprise you at all? Uh, I think, it, you know, just to be, uh, I, I don't want to say anything uh, right. about their buy rights or whatever, but I think they were very happy. Um, yeah. Certainly, uh, things that they did talk about publicly was they were amazed at the social impressions they got. And, and, uh, and we were too, I was amazed how many press pickups we had um, uh, as one of the carriers along with Fox pay-per-view and, and of course the WWE network and all traditional pay-per-view stuff. It was, it was definitely, I think, you know, people are looking for some sort of events. That was one of the last few big ones. Although the AEW from last weekend, um, you know, was a tremendous event as well. So uh, I think beginning next month, you're, I think you're going to slowly seeing more and more things come back. I mean, you saw UFC had yeah. several events this month. They were able to kind of pull it off. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. doing it in Florida until Fight Island is ready, I guess. Um, it, but I think that you're going to see more and more states open up and, and sanction events. Um, and, you know, NASCAR has been coming back a little bit. And baseball's trying to figure out a way. And, yeah. you know, I, I, you have to think that the NFL is working on solutions. Oh, for sure. It's funny you mentioned that. I read an article last night that the Hard Rock Stadium, like the Dolphin Stadium, they're looking to convert it into a giant uh, drive-in movie theater. So they could yeah. get 250 cars to come onto the field and they would just play a movie on top of broadcasting on the TV. Yeah, because some musicians, I guess, who was it, Keith Urban had something where people were in their cars and they were watching a, yeah. a concert at a drive-in movie theater. And 
Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, people who are younger maybe don't remember drive-in movies, so they yeah. haven't been around for a while, but some of them still exist in certain parts of the country. Hey, they have yeah. drive-in churches, so I'm, I'm not yeah. surprised at all. <laughs> I, I'm not... I, um, so I did a, I, I do commentary for a, <clears throat> an MMA company, a local MMA company here. And we were on fight TV. Um, and then we got courted away. Well, I, 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 I didn't, I, I'm man, just, don't be throwing people under the bus, bro. I, <laughs> don't I'm just throw people under the bus. Um, they got courted away. And, um, but, um, my question is, 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 do you, do you find a lot of, is there a lot of competition to, to get, um, new shows, new, uh, new exclusive content from certain, uh, companies? Like, is there a lot of behind the scenes battles going on between some of you, like with you and some of the other online streaming companies or are, is everybody kind of cool and just like, eh, whatever. It, it's a mixture. And, and I think it changes from, um, year to year. We've worked with almost everyone in the business. In fact, we fight, at, um, streamed some UFC events before their exclusive ESPN deal. And, um, you know, we've done, all the major wrestling out there. And um, sometimes because we are a global company, we will get, uh, we won't get domestic rights. Like AEW is carried by Turner here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, but we carry all the AEW events outside of the US. And um, sometimes we'll go and we did a, uh, do you remember the Logan Paul KSI two fights? Yeah. Uh, the YouTubers battling each other. That was a huge event for us. and. We, you know, we didn't have any of the major com company uh, countries, um, and we didn't even have the UK, which usually we have. That's one of our best markets, and we we didn't have that for that. And Sky got that, but and uh, Matchroom Boxing did the deal with us and DAZN. DAZN had their nine countries, and um, Sky had the UK, and we had everybody else. And we sold that into 160 different countries. Wow. I mean, it was just a huge event when you see like, oh, there was a buy from the Allen Islands. Oh, where, <laughs> where is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that? That whole event, speaking of that whole event, I can't, that event did better than a lot of professional f boxing matches that are like yeah. you know high level yeah. fighters yeah it's like how what's more important nowadays is it better to have just a social presence or do you really need to be a good fighter because apparently logan paul i don't know any i don't really know anything about liar two of them <laughs> i really do but it's like but i did you know you see that you saw that everywhere when it happened and there I'm was like, something, yeah, I mean, it's the level of celebrity that's just beyond the pale. Um, both KSI and Logan Paul have 20 million YouTube subscribers. Mm, yeah. So when you put them both in there, that's how we sold into 160 countries. Also, it was $9.99. It was a nice price point. Um, but, but yeah, it's just that level of celebrity just that really makes a difference. And that's why you see Mike Tyson everywhere. Because yeah. he's just, you know, anything that he's kind of involved with, even uh, on the periphery, uh, you know, it kind of, 
it just helps you know it, so, it's like the rock or like anyone who's super super popular you put yeah. them there and like eyeballs follow so do you uh do you have some inside information on the mike tyson fight because nah, bare knuckle like i mean throw, throw I me something <laughs> Yeah, I hear the same rumors you do because yeah. we carry bare knuckle boxing. We have since the beginning. So it's always interesting to see what they're doing. And, and uh, you know, you, you hear about, oh, is he going to be fighting uh, someone in bare knuckle? Is he going to be fighting Evander Holyfield? Is, mm. you know, Vandele Silva? It's you're, like, not making, you're, not, you're not making eye contact with me. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing something there. No, that's cool though. But I mean, if I knew, I'd tell you, <laughs> if I was allowed to tell you, no, I, I really, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you kind of know what I know. What would you think would be the best play just from your experience as a, as from a marketing point of view, like what would you think is the best? That's obvious. That? It's, it's gotta be Tyson versus Logan Paul. Yeah. Oh, could you, <laughs> can we make that happen? Can we make that happen? I'll start a I'll GoFundMe on that one for sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure Logan Paul will probably fight again at some point. KSI has been talking about he wants to fight. So, yeah, that, I think you'll see more of those celebrity-type fights. And do I think Tyson's actually going to fight? I mean, have you seen Bare Knuckle Boxing? It's like, it's pretty yeah. brutal. I mean, Tyson looks really good for 53. Yeah, I don't know how old yeah. he is now, but... Um, but uh, I don't know that that's it. That's a brutal if you thing. Were, I'd almost rather see him fight someone in his same age range, you know, like Holyfield or something yeah. like that. But uh, I don't know. If you were his manager, what would you recommend? Uh, do something that I probably go into pro wrestling. <laughs> you probably make more money. That's and you true. Get less hurt. That's true. I mean, even, you know, Tyson Fury wants to go. Yeah, I saw that. I read that this morning. Pro wrestling. Man. Even he's going, hmm, okay. Man. It might be an easier yeah. camp. Why get punched in the face for real when he could get paid more money for not getting punched in the face? It just it's it's just a smart business decision. Exactly. <laughs> Man, that would who would you put him up against, Sean? Who? Tyson? Yeah, for a wrestling match. Who would who would have the best sell? The Undertaker? No, it would have to be, it would have to be like, honestly, with the history, I think what you do is you have Shawn Michaels kind of come out of retirement and because they had a little bit of beef back in the day, right? Like with him, cause, cause he's the one that counted, uh, Shawn, Shawn Michaels out with, with Stone Cold when, when, you know, right. So, and then he knocked him out, he, he punched him in the face and that's who I would, that would be to me a good storyline. That's not a bad play. It's a good play. Yeah. So you might have just given away a million dollar idea there. If Vince McMahon hears this and goes with it, I'm gonna. I want. I want a piece. <laughs> he won't even give you like free viewing for the pay per view. He's not even gonna give you that promo code. So, with the the events and stuff that are coming in, like, do you? Let's say you guys want to put together an event. You're not just covering. You're putting together the event with them. What kind of limitations are you are you having to deal with as far as like in in the marketing and actually setting an event up? I mean, obviously, we don't know all the inside like the inside stuff that's going on with the UFC. I mean, we get an idea, but how do you think this is going to affect like how you put on events in the future? 
Well, I think um, that promoters will just go take it on a state-by-state -state basis, which is kind of what they did pre-pandemic. I mean, mm. using Karate Combat as an example, uh, you know, we had to, if we wanted to do an event in California, we had to be sanctioned in California. So th that, that hasn't changed. So now in the pandemic, I mean, if you want to do an event, say in Kansas and it, they will, and they have certain rules and you follow those rules. And if that's, and if you get a better deal from Tennessee, which says, oh, you can have more people in the audience because we have different social distancing rules for this state. I mean, maybe that's what you do if, if you need to make money from your gate. I mean, I think a lot of uh, sports leagues are, are somewhat dependent on those gate fees, you know, Absolutely. especially the smaller promotions. Um, so you had asked earlier um, if if there was a a competition between different leagues or people were fighting over different leagues. Um, it, I would I don't I don't think they were fighting over a leagues necessarily, but there is a healthy competition out there um, between different leagues. And like we we try to if we're going to do an event, not go up against a big UFC event that that you know right. that it's just scheduling or you know. Um, we we also did a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu event a, a while back with BJJ Fanatics. Yeah. That was great. Um, it, Is it that did, the Pat Downey? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 And it was great working um, with them. I, I think that that was something that you can do in, in a controlled space. It's two guys on a mat at a time. It, it doesn't necessarily need to have a big audience. That's a great type of uh, event. To, to put forth, especially in these times. Um, uh, so I, <laughs> I lost my way. No, no, you're <laughs> Your original question there, but. Kim, what, what that, so we are jujitsu radio. So we are, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we are mostly focused on Brazilian jujitsu. And um, uh, did you see, did, like, was that a successful event for you guys? The, uh, yes. Did, yeah, yeah, we were very pleased with it. Um, we, I really liked working uh, with the gentleman that put it on it. it uh, um, I, I really liked working with um, Gordon and um, Pat. They really helped promote it, yeah. which was, again, that's key. You know, that, that's why we've been doing well with some of these motorsports events and, and, um, and the AEW folks. And it's because everyone, the, these guys and girls get along, uh, uh, they, they get it. They, they realize they have to promote it. It's mm -hmm. not just like, all right, here, sign my deal. And okay, go, go yeah. market it, make money for me. <laughs> no, we, you know, people need to get involved. And, and if they have a level of celebrity or passionate followers, that really makes a difference. Yeah, now, you, have, you, have you thought about getting into more jujitsu centric shows? Like it, um, yeah, we're completely open to that. It, it's really just a matter of kind of what comes our way and um, uh, the different connections that we have um, to reach out and try something different. Um, as I mentioned uh, at the top of the show, we, we've done some stuff with music in the past. We did it, it was a four day 
um, music festival from Oregon called Pickathon, which was the 20th year in its existence. And it was, um, it was probably 90 different bands <laughs> over four days. And we carried it as a pay-per-view event. So, I mean, we're open to do anything that people want to see on the platform. Um, specifically back to your question about BJJ, yeah, we'd love to do more stuff in that space. Um, and um, we're, we're, we're open to working with promoters, um, do you helping think, out with production if need be. Do you think that there's a specific maybe lack of knowledge on, on putting together these types of events and making those types of deals like the broadcasting deal with, with Fight TV and stuff like that? Is there uh, maybe a lack of knowledge in jujitsu as a whole from your point of view? Um, a lack of knowledge from whose perspective? From from like a, if, no, no, no. From like from the actual event creator. So let's say like someone wanted to do a jujitsu tournament in Oklahoma or something. But I feel that there's there's a lack of marketing knowledge. So people would probably come up to you, like you said before, where it's like, okay, I'll sign the deal. Now you guys go do whatever. I'm just going to go put the event together. Like they, they have no idea on the marketing aspect of it. Like the, I mean, you're talking about, eight weeks out, 12 weeks out, depending on like how you're, you're setting up your whole marketing scheme. And I feel that obviously boxing understands it. MMA is finally getting it, but jujitsu is still one of those things that's difficult to sell. Yeah. I mean, it's still new and, you know, we do a lot of stuff with our affiliate program. That's been a, one of the most successful marketing um, angles that we have because that specifically allows the the people involved in the event to get hands-on. They can sign up as a fight affiliate. It's open to anyone. It's um, powered by CJ, which is kind of the market leader in that space. And it's free to join and you can use it as much or as little as you want to. And, and basically any kind of communication, whether it's social media or a blog or a website, app, email, um, you can promote this and any links any sales that are made through those links on fight will pay you commission. Huh. So it's a way for actually the fighters themselves to get more involved if they want, um, or the journalists or um, the influencers. I mean, whoever wants to get involved, brands, sponsors, anyone can do it. Um, it that's not the only marketing program we have, but we sure. found that was a, we launched it last uh, November and actually last month was our biggest month ever um, as far as um, sales and, and impressions generated through this affiliate program. And because it, it's really what it says it is, it's affiliates. It's like yeah. affiliations, people yeah. that like are really, really passionate about something and knowledgeable about something will promote it. So it's kind of like a, a very structured word of mouth program, if you will. And, and again, that's, I think, what sells a lot of things is um, you know, a mixture of media, influencers, word of mouth, so passionate I, audiences. So I'm just curious, like, what's the process on, on the deal? Like, let's say Sean and I put together a big jujitsu tournament and we want to broadcast it through Fight TV. What do you guys do as far as like a checklist or whether it's not it's, a, it's an event that you'd be willing to take on? Um, I mean, it's, it's a good question. It kind of, it, it varies somewhat. I mean, we don't, we're a small enough company where if anything comes through, um, all the executive team will kind of look at it and weigh in and like, what do you think? We, 
even if we can't make a lot of money on it, if we feel like, will it cover our costs and, yeah. and, and it will be something we can build on or grow from, or is there some enhancement, you know, will the audience, our users like it um, in, and make them more apt to continue to come back to the platform. And um, so, yeah, it's just, if, if there's enough viability there, right. uh, obviously um, most people come to us with their production all ready to go, but if they don't and they have something else they can bring to the table, they either have talent that they can provide or some sort of media angle or funding or um, right. it could be any one of them. It doesn't have to be all those things, um, but if it has a couple of um, things that we can work with, um, you know, we'll look at, we get pitched all the time from yeah. people, blind pitches. And, um, you know, we don't necessarily work with all of them, but uh, we work with a lot of smaller companies that grow over time. Yeah. So, Sean, do you have a question? Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just listening. <laughs> so, so the motocross thing, like what's, um, what was like the initial reaction once you threw that on there? Were you kind of like surprised as to like how much of a response you got by adding it? Well, again, the, um, the Moto Fight Club, which is what we called it, the first one, um, was super popular. And I think a lot of that goes to the fact that we had just some of the best riders out there. Mm. You know, you have Travis Pastrana, who's got um, uh, two and a half million Instagram followers or whatever. I mean, you know, and... The, uh, really everyone that was involved it was it was really kind of 10 of the best guys and um again we had a we had a background and we had a couple of other people who um were, were heavily involved in motorsports that that they were all chomping at the bit to do some kind of sure. uh, race we had a whole charity aspect of it as well and a lot of the riders donated you know jackets and, and helmets and stuff like that um, and they raised, I think, over $50,000 on charity just from some of the materials that they wore in the event to help um, people from the motorsports industry that have been affected by the, right. the pandemic. And um, so, no, it was, it was, we, were, we were very happy. And what I found really interesting was that most of these people were brand new to the platform. They, they, I mean, motorsports fans are not necessarily wrestling fans. Yeah. But, you know, they said, hey, it's on fight, you know, so it's like it's a platform and and it was great because there were all sorts of brand new followers to our social profiles and and, um, so and now you... we have another one coming up, flat track racing that's coming up in a few weeks. Oh, cool. and we'll continue so, to do more. So when you track everything, can you see how many people like spill over, like if they came in specifically for one and then they ended up jumping into all the other channels? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. We track everything and everywhere they go um, because it, we want to be really mindful when we send them emails and stuff like that to make sure it's something that they're going to find interesting. Yeah, hold on. Spam people. Yeah, before you go on, like, I don't want to freak everybody out. Like, this is like pretty standard practice all throughout like marketing, especially people that know what they're doing, obviously, when it comes to marketing. Anytime you click or move, it gets tracked. So it's not like Kim's not spying on you. <laughs> It's nothing that like, it's anything that crazy. It's not like big brother, big sister is watching, but it's one of those things that's how marketing companies get their, their, uh, their research. So without yeah, having to send out. 
Right, and we don't really know a whole lot about demographically about them. We kind of know what country, because we have to, because um, we get rights for certain regions. So we have to be able to geo-block and protect the IP. If we're not allowed to broadcast it here, then we can't send people there or sell it there. Right. Um, we don't ask for a whole lot of information, really, when you register. Yeah. You get emails. I mean, it's pretty minimal. And we do a lot of live chat. And that's very, you know, uh, anonymous as well. You can make up your own little name when you do live chat yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it's really just behavioral. So we know that if, oh, this person tends to buy this, then we will send them messages so they won't yeah. go, how come I keep getting uh, boxing? I'm not a boxing fan. I'm a wrestling fan right. or whatever. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not perfect, but... Um, you, so it's really just behavior. We want to serve you stuff that we think that you will like or something that's free that, hey, you might want to do this because it's free or whatever. Is there a country that's most specifically difficult to, to get the, the distribution rights or the broadcasting rights? China. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, China's kind of tough. Um, uh, I would say that the most competitive one is the U.S. Yeah. Um, because the rights are most valuable for most sports in the US. People are used to paying, especially for pay-per-view, people are used to pay-per-view in the US. It's right. just been around for a really long time and people realize, all right, I gotta open up my wallet for this one, it's yeah. extra. Whereas in a lot of other countries, um, they're starting to get used to pay-per-view, but it's not quite as common. And, you know, buy rates are very indicative with the, the GDP. So um, we do price things differently in different countries because we want to be mindful of that. Um, you know, India is a great market, but we have to price things a little more appropriately um, so it's affordable and, right. and that people won't go, well, I'm not going to pay that. That's not worth, you want to give them a good value no matter right. where you are. So, and, you know, as you can imagine, um, there are certain economies that are just, uh, it, they can support certain price points. So we try to be really mindful of that. Um, here's a question with, since motorsports did well, what would, would you guys be open i'm well i guess i'm sure you'd be open but um because i think a lot of the action sports like skateboarding would kind of like a skateboarding contest would kind of fit into the demographic i would think um they they're very aggressive they're very you know action-packed mm -hmm. um and i think there would be a lot of crossover i think with a lot of the you know the uh, motorsports fans as well i mean and there's a just as far as jujitsu is concerned, there's a lot of skateboarders and surfers that do jujitsu. So like, I, I, it, you guys have an open flat platform there. I almost wonder if that might wouldn't be a bad idea either. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it would be a nice fit. I mean, the the most our key profile is. is the male 18 to 35. And then obviously it goes a little bit younger and older than that. And, and I'd say just over 10% of the viewers are, are female, maybe 13%. Um, so there, there's room for growth there too. Right. So, um, uh, but yeah, back to the whole, uh, um, you know, uh, similar type sports and stuff like yeah. that. I agree. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a culture with skateboarding and, and uh, in motorsports. I mean, there's a lot of these um, 
niches are, are very large niches yeah. and uh and Listen, probably something that would do well if you start throwing in formula one two just sign me up sean and i can be <laughs> commentators for like five different sports we're solid we're good <laughs> well yeah we'd be very interested in yeah oh that'd be so <laughs> no. great i think a lot of people are it's funny Sorry. because yeah well they switched to now to the e-racing so that's yeah. the thing. So at least that's cool. Like you get to do that. Did you hear Sean about the, well, I doubt you heard it. I the, did hear about the guy that hired a, a gamer. Yeah. To did you hear? So there's like the, the formula E, which is like the electric, the electric car racing. So mm -hmm. they switched over to online, like game, like racing as well. And the one guy hired a professional gamer to race for it. <laughs> it's like, man, you gotta be pretty lazy if you don't even want to race from, from home. Like, well, he said he didn't. He said he didn't take it serious. Yeah, he, he thought it was just all a joke, which oh, I man. could see that. I mean, if you're a real Formula One racer and they go, "Hey, why don't yeah. you race the video game?" They've been doing it. They love. They're loving it because if you jump on, you can hear them trash talking, and you hear them going back and forth. And a lot of them are are pretty close anyway. Obviously, it's only a handful of Formula One drivers, so it's pretty. It's kind of like fun to see. But I mean, man, that'd be kind of cool to actually be kind of cool to have just MMA fighters just. Like mic'd trash up. talking, get, yeah, mic'd up and playing them against. Well, that's the, that's the cool thing about not having audiences at these, um, at these events. Oh, I loved it. I loved it's, it. It's been great. Like, like not for a lot of people, but for true fight fans and 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 martial artists, being able to hear the corners and the, and the commentary and the fighters. It's. I thought. I think it's. It's been an awesome uh, part of. I mean. Not that there's much awesomeness to a, a lockdown, but yeah. you know that's been been a, a silver lining as far as being a fight fan. Well, even the fighters heard the commentator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And changed the strategy like, because uh -oh, of it. He just heard you say that, DC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think about that, Kim? Though, like seeing like everything that that the UFC was going through and stuff from from someone in your. Uh, position within the company when you see someone like the ufc do something like that what kind of goes through your head when you see everything well i mean i i feel for what they're going through because i understand the the challenges and um you know i just hope that everyone stays healthy obviously and um it it was surprising to to to, to your point that what you could hear it to me the fights they felt more violent yeah. than ever because oh my god you could hear someone really hitting someone hard and but but it you know there's a there's a beauty in that i i, I there's i don't know ever since i saw uh what was it i guess it was um leonard Hagler was the first boxing match I ever saw. Uh, prior to that, I didn't really know anything about boxing or wasn't really a fight fan. But when I saw that, um, you know, many, many, many moons ago, yeah. I, I just saw it was so, there was something so beautiful about it. It was very, it was, it was like art yeah. when, when you do something really, really well. And, and I know I'm getting off the topic of what you asked. No, not at all. I mean, but, it, that's. Um, that's kind of what I'm trying to, to find out because obviously, again, you come from the, the unique position that you're someone that actually trains. So you understand what exactly is going on. But then from, from a, a businesswoman's point of view, from, from a marketing point of view, seeing that like, okay, these are the steps that people are going to have to take to put on events and for like you guys to stream the events 
to see the difficulties that everybody's going through. Because if people don't realize, it takes a crew. It takes a big crew. It's not just like, oh, just go ahead and plug it in and, and go, you know? I mean, well, you yeah. know the old saying, it takes a village to raise an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still waiting for my village. Um, yeah, it's just that. It's just I'm kind of curious from, from, from your point of view, like what you thought about it. I, I loved it. I know a lot of people didn't like the, that like there was no crowd, but to your point, yeah, the fact that you can hear it kind of adds a little bit almost more of a, a superhuman, like you're watching a superhero movie when like they're punching each other and you see the recoil and stuff like that. I think it, I think if anything, it's probably going to help out the, the industry as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it it was it was interesting, and I and I think you'll see this evolve. Um, just like everything evolves, and I I I think that if you'll maybe see more sound design or sound effects or music beds. Yeah. I mean, Karate Combat did that. It was so, a long ago. They've been you know, on that. We yeah. were ahead of the curve there. For sure, but. There, there's something about having some ambient sound and, and maybe some added um, oomph. It's like watching a movie without a soundtrack. If you've ever seen something with before the music bed's put in or whatever, the scene can be exciting or whatever, but now you put John Williams' score in there or whatever, yeah. it, it's like all of a sudden, oh, it gets emotional. It gets, there, there's something about, about it and maybe because I love music so much that um, I, I like the the absence of, of the crowd in some ways you don't hear the who <laughs> oh I can't all stand that guy the there's always one guy that starts it off you know I'll tell you what I think has been one of the best parts about the the, the non-fan thing is I think companies have learned that even without a live gate they can make money yeah. I think that's important. You know, that's important when it comes, when it, we move forward with this is like, so wait a second, we, we, we could scale down production to, to yeah. almost a bare bones. You don't need a, a huge, you know, it, it, I just think it's something that like, like it kind of had that feeling like if you remember Rio fights, yeah, uh, it is it, very similar to that. Yeah. And I think there's a realism to that. But you also got to remember, I'm sure the UFC got a huge deal on using that arena because that arena normally wouldn't be cheap. I'm sure they got it for a steal. Like, well, yeah, because nobody was going to be – who else is going to be using it? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I agree. Listen, I would actually like it. I prefer it. Like, even like basketball games, if you had nobody in the crowd so I can actually hear what's going on in the court, I love it. But again, that's coming from someone who's been in that world or was in that world, and I understand like what's going on. So those intricacies bring things to a whole different level. Um, damn, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, oh, speaking of the karate combat, uh, I saw you guys also have uh, Boss. Boss is doing his uh, his uh, stuff on Fight TV. How's uh, how's that working out for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I love Boss. He's such a great gentleman and just such an awesome fighter and, and just an awesome human being. Yeah. I mean, um, so I loved working with him at, at Karate Combat. And, you know, he lives out here locally in L.A. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I, we'd, oh, we'd stayed in touch. And um, I, I, you know, 
I said, you should do something with us, you know, during this downtime, you know, what are you going to do? Cause his gym wasn't open either. And I'm, you know, it's like, there's not a lot of commentary gigs and things going on because no one has really yeah. anything going on. And he said, you know, Kim, we're going to, I'm, I'm doing this show. And I saw what he was putting out on Facebook and YouTube. And I said, ah, can we bring it to fight as well? And he goes, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's figure out, you know, the technical stuff. So he was doing five days a week. And then also on Saturdays, he does a Q and a live. Yeah. And, um, and uh, now it's down to, I think, three days a week or whatever, yeah. because things are starting to open up a little bit here in California. So I think he's hoping that the uh, gym's going to open up soon. So it, it may, you know, it's not, we knew it was not going to be forever. But um, for now, you can get your yeah, daily workouts, UFC Hall of Famer. It's pretty cool. You can get your boss fix. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's called boss, the- boss Rootin Inspired Bang Muay Thai. It's uh, Monday and Wednesday live with boss which you can't there's there's never a time that you don't want to go live with boss i i don't get starstruck very often yeah you have to be like a major star for me to go holy crap and but boss was one of those people when i when i saw him at i I think it was back when it was um what was was it strike force he was doing the commentary for well he was doing pfl yeah, for a well, while. Before, it was. Before, I think it was. Before, it was. Well, he was doing the thing. MMA inside or right, inside MMA. Right. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was. Before, yeah, but it was it, MMA. Yeah. And uh, uh, he might have done Strike Force too. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember which one lot. it was, but it was one of those uh, the companies that is no longer around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he was doing. He was doing the commentary, and I just first time I've ever asked for a photo with with a. Uh, with a celebrity and it was boss and <laughs> he he's one of the very few that i would i would do that with he's such Listen, a he's i still character. i see him like we've sat there we've hung out like i see him what once a year now maybe once or twice a year whenever we do these events and stuff and even i'm still like oh my god this boss would like i will joke around like we talk like regular conversations like i like i can sit there email him if i want but i'm like oh my god that's boss Rudin. that's crazy <laughs> he's such a good guy yeah, he is such a such a good guy, and you know you don't always get that with yeah, these icons. Some sure. people, some icons, like I wish I'd never met this person in real life, but he is someone like amazing. He's he's fantastic, and we have a podcast um, that we air every week with uh, Sean Wheelock too. Yeah, and it, if you recall, uh, yeah. they they were kind of the two uh, commentators with with the. Uh, what's up with sean like i haven't seen him in a while like he did i know he did um what was it called the he had that jiu-jitsu tournament he was commentating on with Paige van zandt yeah i mean for a while there he was doing a tons of ufc fight pass stuff yeah uh, ray jones jr boxing stuff he also does the left way um and he would do uh, m1s uh he uh i don't know there were a couple of things and i know what you're talking about there was a Brazilian was it fanatic? No, not fanatic. It's something with an F. Yeah, it was something like that. Polaris. No, Polaris is my buddies. Oh, Mike and them up in in the UK. Oh my gosh, can't believe I forget. I can't remember now either. But I I know what you're talking about. Um, maybe it'll come to me. But um, yeah. Anyway, he was doing a bunch of stuff, and he still does bare knuckle fighting. But they're Hmm. you know hopefully they're coming back. They they said sometime later in June. So we're excited about that because we'll carry them as well but yeah he's been a, a friend for a while too and 
so he does a show called MMA Rewind, which just kind of goes back in time and um, talks about famous uh, MMA fights from the past and then people who were there. So um, yeah, that's I, on. I want, once I learned his trick of having all that energy, I was like, man, this guy is, is a professional because he has before every show, at least every time I've seen him before every show, he have a giant two liter bottle of Mountain Dew. And he has it next to him throughout the whole show. So whenever there's a break, and he's just chugging around to him like, listen, man, at 18, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that now. So I don't know how he manages to, <laughs> to live that way. But you might as well be on pure octane right there. Yeah. You know, he does. Uh, uh, he's a uh, grappler, too. He loves his yeah. jiu-jitsu. No, he knows his stuff. And that's why, like, I, I always enjoy when I see his commentary. That's why I just haven't, haven't seen him in, in a little while. Um, Kim, I know you got to get going. I wanted just to sit there and say um, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. I hope we get to do some more work again in the future. Um, If anybody wants to check out uh, Fight TV, it's literally just fight.tv. Check it out on all the social media channels, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, everywhere. And then you can also find Kim on LinkedIn if you are interested in actually getting your tournaments or your events up on Fight TV. Um, so go ahead and shoot them an email. Um, Sean, you have any last remaining? Uh, yes, I always, I've been asking my guests this and you kind of hinted to it. Oh, his guest. It's just, you're only his guest. Don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. You're my, yeah. Right now you're my guest. Cause I'm talking, um, over the lockdown, what has been your three go-to top three shows or movies for the lockdown from either Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever? Well, um, obviously I watch a lot of fight TV. So, and, and I watch so much of this stuff, um, monitoring it, this moderating chat, whatever, um, that that's number one, but it's a, it's a mixture of stuff. But the other two um, things that I've been watching religiously have been, I finally binged all of Ozark. Um, ah, yeah. I watched like one or two episodes and then I kind of put it on the shelf and then there were just other things that came up and I just, I had to like finish it. I'm so glad that I did because it actually got better and better. Um, and then what I'm watching right now is Bosch, which is on Amazon. So um, it's based on the Michael Connolly. Uh, I love true co- crimes. Yeah. And this is all about like the cop and homicide division and stuff like that in the city of LA. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know, I'm just a, a true crime junkie. No, kind that's of. Awesome. And, and I just, um, and, and also my father worked with the LA Times and, and he was a big fan of Michael Connolly as well. And he used to work at the Times. So it's kind of like, it reminds me a bit of my dad or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so that's kind of what I've been watching. That's awesome. Would you jump on this week, Sean? I, what did I watch interesting this week? I've been watching, you know what? I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Yeah. Um, for some reason I've been watching. So there was this show on the history channel that I've been watching on YouTube called the strongest man in history. Mm-hmm. And what they, it's kind of like a reality, sh- not a reality show, but um, they take four of the world's best strong men now, but it's the same four. They don't cycle in and out mm-hmm. and they take them, you know, to different parts of the world where there are strong man feats and like his, like, like a, history of a strong man mm. and then they have them redo their um 
challenge. Their challenge, yeah, they do it as a challenge, and it's really cool. And watching these guys lift these things, I'm like, oh man, I'm glad I don't lift heavy anymore. Like the big, <laughs> like the big tires and stuff. And no, no, even blocks. worse. What they they squatted like like fifteen thousand dollars in in silver dollars, um, which is like seven hundred pounds. They they do they do all these really weird things, um, like because the strongmen of the of the of the past. Yeah. Just had these weird things that they were good good at. One of the coolest things though they did was in um I, I want to say it was in Ireland or Scotland. And there's this bridge and there's these things called the Dinny Stones. Mm. One weighs like 360 something. The so other one weighs up, like four. You just jumped, your mic just jumped up big time. Oh. And then the other one one's like 360 something, the other one's like 400 and something. And so it's off balance and they got to see who could carry it the furthest yeah. the the world record was like at eight feet and the one guy brian shaw who was one of the best strongmen in the world carried it 11 feet so it was like it, it was cool to see stuff like that it's how really, much did it weigh eat, eat there was two different stones and you got to carry them at the same time and walk with them right wait one way like over 400 the other one was under 400 so it's like it's like really it throws you off yeah that'll mess up your spine real quick <laughs> yeah. so, I re i've really enjoyed it yeah, no all i i all i did was binge uh, solar opposites so that's a, if it's from the same creator from rick and morty so they put it up on hulu it's uh, it's funny it's definitely not for the easily offended that's for sure but it's pretty funny. If you like the sci-fi stuff, they did a pretty good job. It's actually, it's pretty funny slapstick Rick and Morty type stuff. But then at the end gets very, very serious for a cartoon where you're just kind of like, I'm way too drawn into this emotionally to, to be watching a cartoon. But it's, it's funny. It's definitely worth to check out. Um, okay, Kim, sorry uh, for taking up a little bit extra of your time. Thank you again That's for doing fun. this. Please, everybody, check out Fight TV. Um, go to fightfite.tv. Uh, if you want to try and get your event up there, go ahead and reach out to them. Um, thanks again for doing this, Kim. Hopefully, we get to do this again sometime soon. I'd love to see how everything uh, changes for you and uh, how much busier you get after the pandemic. All right. Thanks so much. Take Appreciate care. You guys. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. There you have it. Thank you so much for uh, to Kim for doing this. Um, obviously, she's an extremely busy person. Um, I've had so much fun every time I had a chance to work with her with the karate combat events and hopefully we can do some more stuff. Uh, she is nonstop, man. She, that lady has tons and tons of energy and a ton of knowledge. So hopefully you guys at least got something out of it because uh, I think we did. We definitely did. But uh, anybody that's interested in, in really seeing the next level of streaming as far as events and getting your fight organization or your jiu-jitsu tournament streaming, stuff like that, I think you get a little bit more of an understanding of what it takes. Uh, so those are the kind of uh, people that you have to communicate with and understand where they're coming from. So you can't just come in and make a deal like, hey, I have a jiu-jitsu tournament. You need to stream it. It's going to make a lot of money. Like if you don't have your marketing P's and Q's put together, you're not going to get it. Uh, listen, as always, don't forget to check out our sponsors. Don't forget to hit up Chocoloha. Get yourself a discount, 20% off at Chocoloha.com when you use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Don't forget to check out our homies over at Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. Sean, I, I, made a new, I made a new bar and I put you on the cover. It's called Gorilla's Garden.
That one could totally be me. No, that's funny. I, 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 we, I, I need to, I need to talk and uh, see about getting my own. Uh, get your own, own bar, your own line. Hey, this one's got uh, lemongrass, tea tree, rosemary, and sage. So it definitely smells way better than you. Ah, almost smells like a, like a good pizza. Anyway, go get yours. Get yourself a discount. Use the promo code JJ Radio at checkout. They actually had the. Uh, a Memorial Day sale too on hats and stuff again. So if you missed out, sucks to be you, but you can still get the promo code discount. So go for it. And last but not least, don't forget to check out our homies over at draftchoke.com. Get yourself a head kick hat like I have here. Always good. And uh, use the promo code JJ Radio at checkout. That's it. Don't forget to follow this guy. Evidently, mm-hmm. evidently, it's just your podcast. Like I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know why podcast. you show up. I mean, seriously, I just look, talent and you're clearly. I mean, if, if it was up to you, we'd have bookings every day. So either way, follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. You can follow me at Sonder Marketing. Don't forget to check out JJRadio.com. You can follow us on Instagram at JJRadio. And uh, with that being said, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. You can't leave <laughs>the best there is plain and simple i mean i wake up in the morning i piss excellence and nobody can hang with myself keep stealing woo wheeling dealing living the right jet flying son of a gun and i'm having a hard time holding these alligators off